You're listening to the Nick Smith Podcast. Real life, no myth. Where we talk about myths and misunderstandings surrounding life, race, faith, and culture. If you'd like to support the Nick Smith Podcast, rate us on iTunes. Or you can give through our Patreon. And don't forget to share this on social media so that all of your friends can know what you're listening to. Hey, we are your hosts, Nick Smith. And Kylie Joe Smith. And today's episode is called Oversaved. We're talking about how we over-spiritualize the gospel. Um, but <laughs> did you like, was that okay? That was good. Okay. I, I was it. working on it. That I was, was trying nice. to figure out a different way to present that. It was very The effective. gospel. It was good. I don't know who I was It was, was very preachery. So I like <laughs> I'm trying to over-spiritualize the gospel <laughs> You need a Christ. sweat rag. I, I do. Like I really do. Um, but before we get to it, I want to let you know that you should subscribe right? Stop what you're doing. Uh, if you've not subscribed to our channel on YouTube, do that now. Uh, if you're not liking our Facebook page, do that. Even if you don't actually like the page, like the page, if that, if you, that makes sense, hit the like button. Even if you don't like, you get it. You know, um, and then share this with somebody, somebody that needs to know about some good gospel truth. Yes. And actually, um, right now you don't know, you can't see because, um, you're not here in the studio, but we have a live feed going to our inner circle right now. What's our inner circle, Kylie Joe? It's our inner circle. It's, it's like an exclusive thing where you get all this content, including Mm -hmm. sometimes live episodes like this one before they're released before they're even mastered, like before yeah. Nick does the production stuff, you get to see them. You get to be in. We have a we now have a Facebook group that is closed and private. That's right. So we will share videos and updates and different things about our life on that alone. And so if you're part of the inner circle for only two dollars a month, only two dollars. You got $2. I mean, really, that's less this than minis, coffee. Two dollars. Um, you can, the, the, the old standby. That's less than a cup of coffee. It's I mean, really. Two Dr. Um, you can go ahead and join that and get in on the conversation. And we also, what we, we utilize our inner circle to bounce ideas off of. So if we have yep. a video, we're like, should we put this up? Which one do you like better? What's the thing? We do little also, shoulder moves like this. <laughs> I don't do as much of that. <laughs> we also give uh, the inner circle a little more real life, uh, no myths. Yes. So they get to see a little more behind Uncensored. the scenes in our life. And so if you want more of that, Holla at us. Yes. Make it happen. It's awesome. Um, awesome. So okay, let's jump to it. Jump on in. Uh, so we're talking about being over saved. Now, some of you may not understand what that means because you didn't grow up in church and that's okay. So, <laughs> or you didn't watch Michael Jr.'s comedy. Yes. So being saved, first of all, means uh, is kind of the tongue in cheek way of saying you're, you're a believer in Christ, right? right? You're saved from eternal damnation. You're saved. Um, being over saved. Michael Jr. If you don't know who Michael Jr. is, he has this awesome uh, a lot of comedy, mm-hmm. all sorts of stand-up. He's hilarious. Um, and so check him out, and he has this bit about being oversaved. Mm-hmm. And he says, we all know that oversaved person who uh, it doesn't matter what you talk about, they've got to make it uh, a salvation issue. Yeah, like, like, how are you doing today? I'm saved by the blood of Jesus, or uh, what do you say? I'm blessed by the, I don't remember. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> blessed and highly favored. There it is, blessed and highly favored. Or the other one was like, hey, I lost my keys. Can you... Can you help me find my keys? You need the keys to the kingdom. He's like, but I didn't, I didn't drive the kingdom. I drove a Toyota. <laughs> and so, uh, this, making everything about that. Yeah. Every making single thing, every single thing a salvation issue. Yeah. And as believers, there is a tendency for us to sometimes do that. Yeah. And what I feel it does is that it, it gives you this almost false sense of superiority of like, well, I'm talking about higher things about spiritual, spiritual <laughs> things. Right. Yeah. Um, but really, it feels like it takes power from the gospel. Well, when, and it, it when also, you do that. it also, like that whole holier than thou thing that yes. we, like, that's that old, old phrase, right? That's what part of that is. Mm-hmm. Is like when you can't even have a conversation about life. Yeah. Because everything's like, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to walk by faith, not by sight. No, yeah. no, you need to make good decisions. <laughs> you need to use your brain. Get, yes. That we, God gave we you. We get the faith by sight. Yes, thing. We you get that. Y- 
you don't close your eyes and walk around the house. I'm yeah. walking by faith, Lord. Like, or like the the concept. I, this happens all the time. If you've been in church or been in ministry at all, you know what I'm talking about. Um, when you ask somebody, "Hey, how can I help you? How can I serve you? How can I mm-hmm. uh, be in this moment with you?" Just pray. I'm like, yes, I've been praying, but like, do you need some money? Do you need some food? Right. Can I watch your kids for you? Like, yeah. What physical thing can I do in this moment that serves you as a human being? Yeah. And prayer is good. Like we need it. Yeah. And we should be doing it all the time. Yes. Not trying to take away from and prayer. And our prayers should move us to action. Amen. It's never just, all right, well, just, you know, just pray, just say words out loud. Because really like you're, you're wanting people to think good thoughts of you or to want good for you. Well, you want God to move. I think ultimately, yes. like if you're thinking, if I'm not trying to be, um, but I'm trying to challenge people's salvation, right? So they right. want people, they want you to go to the kingdom for them. Yes. Go to the throne and ask God to move. Um, but people forget that God moves through people a lot of times. That's why we have the church. Exactly. We have <laughs> the body so that we can serve and minister to each other. And so yeah. God will move through his body. He will move through people. But mm-hmm. uh, it's like that old joke when the, the rains come in and the guy's yes. on his roof, right? And three boats come by and the guy's like, no, God will save me, save me. And then the guy drowns, right? And then he gets to heaven. He's like, why didn't you save me? I sent you three boats. And so it's the, sorry, I said it like that because I figure everybody heard it. Yeah. It's a, it wasn't really it's good. Like, it's I didn't like, have the good setup. The Reader's Digest yep. of the joke. Here's the joke. Boats, die, heaven, saved you. Like, <laughs> that's the whole thing. Um, and so we, uh, this came, this whole topic came up because of uh, a tweet, right? It was yes. one that you saw. Tell I saw it. this tweet, y'all. Please don't share this tweet. If you have shared it, you need to go back and delete and repent before the Lord. <laughs> it is. And I'm not going to read it verbatim. I don't even know who it was that shared it. It was some person. It, mm-hmm. it went kind of a little bit viral, I guess, because they were like, Jesus didn't come to save you from racial injustice and poverty and blah, mm-hmm. like all these things lumped together, which, by the way, I believe we're all kind of racially tied Motivating. together. Mm-hmm. So we're making a racist statement, even by trying to not make a racist statement. Mm-hmm. He didn't come to save you from those things. He came to save you from eternal damnation. So stop trying to fight the social justice gospel basically was the gist of it. Mm. So, yeah. So what they're saying in this tweet, I want to say text because I'm used to preaching. Pretty much was a text. It's a world text. (laughs) What they're saying is um, don't worry about justice at all. Just be saved. Just, yeah. Just be saved from hell and that's all that matters. And so they're selling fire insurance. That's what they're doing. I mean, pretty much. And I I don't know. I I don't personally know who wrote it. Mm -hmm. I don't know that. I want to judge them, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to tell you what it projected to our culture and what people resonate with, because we have this sense of, I don't have to say it myself. I can just share a meme. Yeah. I I don't have to anonymously. My my thoughts. I don't have to defend myself. It's just a meme. It's just an opinion. It's just this person's tweet. But the reality is what it did was it magnified this sense in the church of, well, I don't have to touch it then. I don't, I don't got to. Are you saved? That's well, really what matters. Because the most. what it does, it's tempting for the Christian because it, it takes what we feel is a divisive issue, what we feel is a, a, a difficult issue to address. Mm-hmm. And it removes responsibility yep. and it puts us in a place where we can then judge those who are fighting the battle, the yep. physical battle. Yep. And we can take what we feel is a superior moral ground. And so we can be like, listen, you may be worried about fighting whatever, but, Mm -hmm. but have you been seeking the lost of Jesus? Okay. And here's where this loses all of its weight for me. And here's where, as soon as I read it, I was like, Oh really? That's cute. Huh? In my sarcastic tone inside my heart. And Hmm. then I prayed, I was like, Lord, forgive me. (laughs) And I thought, how amazing that we don't say this to people who are fighting cancer. Yeah. We don't say this to people who are victims of abortion or survivors of abuse. We don't say, you know what? Jesus didn't come 
Oh mm. my goodness. I'm so sorry you got diagnosed with cancer, but Jesus didn't come to save you from your cancer. Okay. Yeah. Are you now there's a part of it that's true when we know we have that, like when someone gets diagnosed with a terminally ill thing, what is yeah. it called? A disease. I just, um, when someone gets <laughs> diagnosed with thing. this, it's an we do want to say, okay, but are you right with the Lord? Yeah. Right. We do want to minister to them, yes. but that is not ministry saying, well, I mean, Jesus didn't come to save you for that. Forget like, your physical needs. Forget your physical needs. Let's just focus on the spiritual because forget the fact that you're going through something. Yeah. And I have the responsibility of walking with you through it. Yeah. I just want to know if you're going to go to hell or not. Yeah. I just really, that's really all I care about. Well, I remember when um, I first started going to church with you um, in Wichita at Chapel Hill. And I remember. Shout out to Chapel Hill. Shout out Chapel Hill. I remember hearing Pastor Jeff say um, that as uh, Christians, and I, I believe it's a Wesleyan quote, I don't remember, but basically he talked about the, the hierarchy of needs. Uh-huh. Like I remember mm-hmm. him saying like, hey, we want you to be like fed. If you're hungry, there's snacks, there's mm-hmm. coffee. We want you to be comfortable. We got the air conditioner, all these things. And we want these, these needs met because if you're sitting there hungry, you're mm-hmm. not thinking about the gospel that I'm preaching to you. If you're sitting there mm-hmm. with a felt need, a physical felt need, um, it's going to hinder you in those moments from listening to what I'm trying to tell you about your spiritual, yeah. um, your spiritual state. And I remember yeah. thinking at that time, cause I come from a, a very over spiritualized background in, in a lot of the theology that I was raised with. And so I remember thinking like, no, we're not here to please man. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we don't but, need a coffee ministry preacher. Right. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, wow, I, I can't tell you how many times I've walked into church hungry and that's been a distraction or how many times, um, I've had felt needs mm-hmm. and the whole time the, yeah, this is a great sermon. And he's talking about eternity and this is, this is solid. But man, when I leave here, I still have pain I've got to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I just wish I had somebody that I can lean on somebody mm-hmm. that can stand in that gap for me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it's true. Like the gospel is, um, to save your soul. Yes. Like the gospel is not, yes, that's not Absolutely. absent from the gospel. And we're not removing that truth at all. And you're not diminishing that truth. Exactly. By acknowledging that, that we are physical beings. We are spiritual, but we have a physical body. We are given a spiritual yes. body that we are to take care of and that we are also to regard. That's how we identify one another. Oh, you're a person. Yeah. Just like Made me. in the image of God. And hey, guess what? We both have things that we deal with. We yeah. don't need to diminish one another's struggle. Mm-hmm. I love, there's a, there's a thing I saw recently that was like, you don't have to put someone else's light out for, to, in order to shine. Yeah. Yeah. Similar principle. You don't have to diminish someone's suffering mm-hmm. in order to, to give them the light of the gospel. You don't, and that's not what the gospel does. If anything, yeah. the gospel highlights where we're suffering yeah. so that we can lean on the power of Jesus Christ to, to, um, give us comfort yeah. where we need to give us peace, where we need to give us freedom and justice. And the fact that like this, this little tweet, and I, and again, I'm not going to get hung up on like who said it or any of that, who but did it and who fall. done it and why, but it just, it, <sighs> It has the potential to create a stumbling block yeah. for otherwise effective and effectual ministry. Yeah. Stumbling blocks are not, we are not the ones who create stumbling. We're not supposed to be the ones who yeah, create Christ those for people. Christ is the stumbling block, not us. And, and honestly, in all of that, that text about the gospel, nowhere did it say, did it point to Jesus, in my opinion. Yeah. Nowhere did it say, you know what, Jesus understood injustice. He understood poverty. He understood brokenness. Yeah. And that's why the broken and the poor and the destitute run to him that's because right. in the cave of Adjulam, mm-hmm. where David was like showing us an image of Christ, yeah. all of those who were in debt, all of those who were broken came to him. How can we say to people in the same breath, you know what? Be well, 
Yeah, James says that. <laughs> well. That is exactly. So James 2.16, right? He says, uh, here, let me pull it up. Pull it uh, up. He says, uh, starting 15, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you tells him, go in peace, stay warm and well-fed, but does not provide for his physical needs, mm-hmm. what good is that? Mm-hmm. He's saying, like, if somebody has a felt need, if somebody is going through some things, and your only response is, hey, go in peace of the Lord. Be and saved. go with the, you know. Yeah, Repent be, and believe. Be blessed and know that your God in heaven knows your struggle. Yeah, but you have the means to help me in my struggle. And you know my struggle too. Exactly. You and know it because it may not be the exact same manifestation, but you know what it is to struggle in this life. Exactly. And you're you're sent, as, we as people, we are a sent people, the people of God. And we are sent to be the hands and feet of Christ. Mm-hmm. And we are sent to carry out the mission of the Holy Spirit. And a lot yeah. of times we want to um, pull ourselves back from that. Mm-hmm. We want to remove ourselves from the actual hands and feet. Mm-hmm. We would rather over-spiritualize. Yeah. Because over-spiritualizing things only cost me time. Yeah. All I have to do is And pray. mental energy. Mental, And it gives me a sense of superiority. Like, I want you to get this. When you understand that when you're over-spiritualizing, all you're saying is you're not spiritual enough to see that what you're dealing oh my with gosh. is trivial. Oh, my That's gosh. That's what you're telling other people. You're saying... <laughs> Hey, you know what? If you, I once thought like you, oh. and if you could just, oh. if you could just come to my level, I was like just get up on this level where, where I don't, I don't look at the necessities of this world. By the way, a lot of the people that I know have had this thought process mm-hmm. are living comfortably. Yeah. Like we're not talking about, um, like those, those monks that take vows of poverty and, right. and nuns and stuff right. where they live in complete poverty and it's not those people that are sharing these memes. No, because most no. of the time they are actually living in those situations. And with they're people. actually out there serving people with the stuff they have. Mm-hmm. No, the people that we see that are like, hey, um, God didn't come to pay your, your water bill. Like, oh, is your water bill paid? Mm. Well, yeah, I, and I've got savings. God and didn't I've got a, came I've got to help you in. out of poverty. God didn't send me to give you my money. Oh! <laughs> I didn't. That's not, what, that's not the God I serve. The God I serve said I'm supposed to be balling. And if you're not balling, then you're not serving the right God. Like it's this weird, um, this weird theology we start to believe that ends up being a prosperity gospel. That ends up being a pro, and it also ends up being a me-centered, self-serving, I am God mm. gospel, which isn't a gospel at all. That's a bad spell. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy because this this thought comes as kind of an affront to what we call the social gospel, or what's called the social gospel. Yeah. It's an affront to you know, stop being a social justice warrior. And here's the thing. What's crazy. The gospel is social. Mm -hmm. There is no way to live out the gospel in isolation. No man is an island. No woman is an island. No person is an island. Y'all hear this, right? The gospel also is justice in and of itself because the due process of the law required something. Mm -hmm. And who paid for it? Not me. Not me. I know I didn't pay the price. Who got that justice? Jesus. Jesus. So when you say it's not about the social justice. When you say it like that. <laughs> Can you please say it And like I hope that? you say it in that voice because it's really comical. It makes it easier to laugh at it. Oh, wow. But oh, he broke it <laughs> when, when you say this, you're actually, yeah. you're actually making an affront to the gospel itself. That's right. So let's, let me break this down here break because down we're, we're talking about some doctrine. Mm-hmm. There's some doctrine. I understand looking at that, like, uh, line of thinking that mm-hmm. Jesus didn't come to save you from X, Y, Z. He came to save you from eternal damnation and the mm-hmm. curse of sin. Now, while this is true, while it is true, applying that doctrine has to be done contextually. You have to apply it in a way, and it has to be done in a way that serves other people in a relational so, way, in a relational way. This is why you don't go to a woman 
who is oh, a widow of someone who has committed suicide. You don't go to her and say, well, you know, God must have wanted this mm. because God is sovereign. Do you mm. see where the doctrine of God's sovereignty in that moment is not contextually helpful? Yeah. It's not comforting. Not, no not hope. The, yeah, there's no hope in that. So while we understand this this doctrine that that is scriptural and that we we yeah. can find comfort in it, mm-hmm. we may actually end up causing more issues for the person who's struggling. And um, that doctrine, first and foremost, Christian, is meant to be for personal application, discipline, and edification. You need to use this for your own life yeah. before you use it as prescriptive evangelism for someone else. Sounds like a speck and log situation. It kind of, I don't know, Jesus said like something about me. it, and yeah. I just kind of feel like we missed that. Yeah. I'm doing the shoulder thing you're, again. You're big in the shoulders today. <laughs> You've been working out. See, right. Kylie Joe's trying to show off. She's been working out the shoulders. She's like, y'all it's see what I'm thing. working with? See them guns? Look at you, hitting a gym. <laughs> um, but no, you're right. You're 100% right. And a lot of times the doctrines that we... Um, we find most helpful for ourselves. A lot of times we can't verbalize those to other people well. Mm -hmm. And so we Mm -hmm. struggle in those moments Mm -hmm. and it's because of the mirror reflex. I want you to be comforted the same way I'm comforted. Why can't you be more like me? And exactly. Which there's an episode about that. Check it out. Um, but it's not about trying to make another person comfortable based on what your understanding of God's grace is. It's about you in that moment being with a person. Yeah. It's about you stepping into the place that God has called you to step into into and and you're not called to step in and drive a wedge between someone and their god like yeah. and the lord like that is the work of the enemy that's right that's right we are supposed to be about reconciliation yes i mean he says that is the the ministry he gave us as the church the gospel of reconciliation it's crazy one of the things that i think is really interesting is church history and if you don't then that means you're a loser i'm just kidding or you're <laughs> not a nerd nerd alert <laughs> um anyway uh but if you go back in church history you understand that most of the things we face today have been dealt with like there are ah. people that have dealt with these things yep. and so um there are heresies which are known false doctrines where people are like that's not true and that'll lead people to hell which Don't people used that. to be killed for yeah they would be i'm um, saint nicholas would punch a dude in the mouth <laughs> for being a heretic <laughs> Man, i love can that we story. bring that back I, we should punch we heretics should. in the mouth i'm sure i'd be punched like you know young me oh i'm going sure. back and reading yes, some of my sermons sure. like ooh, 20 year old nick probably shouldn't have said that anyway <laughs> um one of these heresies is docetism and docetism is this idea that god doesn't care about the uh, physical being. He mm-hmm. only cares about the spiritual. Mm-hmm. This has been proven to be false, right? This is the, because if God only cared about a spiritual being, why would he give us the physical? And why would Jesus come in the flesh? In the f- incarnational ministry is what Jesus lived. Yeah. And he came um, not only to, to bring us the spiritual food, but it says that uh, this gospel will bring life to your very being, to your, to your flesh. That's what my book says. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to understand that docetism is not a thing. It, it shows us that um that god cares about the human the whole being Mm -hmm. that's why he created us with the flesh there's also another heresism 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 heresy (laughs) called gnosticism right and gnosticism is still very prevalent this is the thought of i know something that you don't know right yeah it's like that higher plane of knowledge like we we all want to get to this higher place of knowing everything and it puts the knowing of something above the doing of something Okay. And it puts this idea that if I just know more, then somehow I'm further along in my spirituality yeah, it's, as, yeah. as opposed to mm-hmm. what Christ says, which is to put into practice these things that I've taught you. And you will know them more. And then exactly. <laughs> it's weird. With another episode. If you knew better, you do hey! better. But it's not about that. It's yeah. not about these mental acknowledgments of like, 
well, God, the, the gospel is for the salvation of your soul, and this is how a, a propitiation works. And this, yeah. Okay, but how does that help these people who I are suffering? I have imputed righteousness. That's okay, great. What, That's great. what is Use that? Use it. You've got it. Use it. Um, this is a very, like, this is the very same thought process mm-hmm. that people use to subjugate other people. Because yeah. it's like, um, people use those scriptures in, in uh, sorry, those verses in scripture about slavery to yes. be like, well, yes. you know what, slaves? This is what they used to teach the slaves. They'd yeah. be like, hey, you're supposed to just submit to your master. Yeah, sorry. You know, That's it's what for the your Bible soul. Says. It's for your soul. So keep picking that cotton. Because then you'll be free in heaven. As long as one you One day, one day. That's right. And we, we minimize someone's personal pain because mm-hmm. we don't want to engage in the struggle. But, but Jesus came to set all captives free. Yes. And it does start in the spiritual. But that mm-hmm. needs to move you to orthopraxis, which Ooh. is... You're doing the words. right thing. Sorry, I I read a book or it's two. It's like you're in seminary or I'm, something. I'm almost done, y'all. Seminary's <laughs> all, anyway. Um, and this is we're Wesleyans by trade, by uh, not by trade, by tradition. <laughs> That's funny. That's <laughs> we're funny Wesleyans thought. by tradition, and um, one of the things that John Wesley talked about, which is awesome, is a, a lived out holiness. He mm-hmm. talked about how you not only have to have these private moments of prayer and this personal piety. But mm-hmm. you also have to go out and do works of mercy. You have to yeah. do the things that Jesus did. You have to visit the poor. You have to feed the hungry. You have to clothe the naked. You have to visit those who are imprisoned. Like physically, actually, yes. literally, not not figuratively. Yeah, you not know, sending like, vibes. Yeah, no, this praying. is like you, we have to get into people's mess and be willing to subject ourselves at times to things that are like, yeah, I, I definitely don't want that in my life. Okay, yeah. well- but this is their life. Yeah. This is what they live every day. So and if you want yeah. to bring the gospel of grace to their life, you have to enter that with the gospel yeah. of grace. And that there's so much power in that because mm-hmm. when we are able to step into those situations, I remember um, going to the park. There was a park in which we went to. We, mm-hmm. we did some worship there. Mm-hmm. And um, there's some other ministries that like brought food to people and different things. Yeah. And when you do something like that, when you do an act of love to someone, when they ask why, and this is why yeah. it's so important for us to know the why That's right. when they ask, then we can say, well, I'm doing this for you because I know what Jesus has done for me. Exactly. And it, it's a bridge. It's a way for you to connect with them instead of, well, I, I'm just feeding you because I want you. Can you just say this prayer? Because, you know, it's yeah. really important that you get saved and right now in see, this moment. That's the issue with people in the social justice gospel is because for so long people have done social justice work. Uh, devoid of the gospel. Yes. Right. So they yeah. go out and they feed people and people are like, Hey, this is awesome. Why are you guys doing this? Because it's the right thing to do because we love people. No, because Jesus Christ paid for my sin and he calls us to do like you, you have to have yeah. both. And yeah. so you can't just enter into the, I'm just going to preach salvation to you mm-hmm. and never tell you how to live that out and never actually show you that I love you. Exactly. And you also can't go the opposite way of like, it doesn't matter what happens to your soul. Yeah. I just want to comfort you. Yeah. But, but the reason that there's so many organizations that are able to do that successfully Come on. is because we have given up. We have literally handed that ministry over yeah. to worldly like governing authorities to where now yeah. we don't human, even ha- uh, humanistic. Yeah. We don't even have the ability in a lot of circles to even speak into those things. Like we can show up and do the, do the work, yeah. but there are some organizations you don't, don't proselytize. Yeah. Don't do this. You can't say that. Yeah. Habitat for humanity is not a Christian organization. They do, right. they do things that bless people. But when you go and you build a house for somebody, it's like, Hey, it's because of humanity as opposed to the church stepping in and saying, it's because Jesus loves you. That's yeah. why we're doing this. Yeah. So, um, what, 
what can we do practically? Okay. First thing that you need to do, it's very important. You might want to take notes. Hold on. Um, first thing you need to do is you need to shut it. Uh Oh, you need to shut, shut this one. The lippers. Um, I love one of the lines in, in, uh, Hamilton, which if you haven't seen that, it's pretty awesome. Um, he says, talk less, smile more. I would say, Christians talk less, love more. Yeah. Do more. Um, shut, shut your mouth. Mm-hmm. In my notes here, I have just shut up, but I'm not going to say that. That's a bad word. We don't say that. Um, we house. don't say that in our house. My daughter just told me that today. <laughs> um, especially we really have to be quiet, especially if we've never lived under the weight of someone's situation like poverty or yeah. hopelessness or fear. Yeah. Um, but if you have lived under the weight of those things and you know what it is to experience them, mm-hmm. not only shut your mouth, but have compassion. Yeah. Like it's kind of, these are, these are like, duh. It's like a sandwich for a believer. Shut your mouth, have compassion. Just nom nom it up. up. Um, Another thing is study your word. Know what the word calls us to do. I mean, old and new Testament, because all scripture is God breathed. And so go back and look at what um, the prophets condemned Israel for. Yeah. Right. You talk about all this righteousness, Mm -hmm. but you've got injustice in your boundaries. You talk about all this stuff and yet you're persecuting the poor. Yeah. Um, Go back and look what Jesus says to the, the Pharisees where he says, you know, you, you neglect the weightier matters of the law. Yeah. So like go and look at your Bible and say, okay, what does the scripture actually teach me is my responsibility. Yeah. Not what are these people saying on Twitter or Facebook or what does that meme say? Because those will not give you the truth. Yeah. Jesus is going to ask you, which memes did you share? <laughs> Cause I've been watching your timeline, homie. And you ain't I wasn't really right a huge names. fan of that tweet that, that you shared. No, it's, I mean, that's probably going to be part of it, but at the same time, um, study your word because you have to measure what you're living out against what God has called you to live out. Yeah. And if one of those things, um, is in deficit, it's most likely going to be you. Mm. Um, you have to reconcile that you have to yeah. figure out, okay, God calls me here and I'm here. Yes. So why is that? How do I, in by the grace of God, how do I step into that that yeah, space? That's good. So what you're talking about is that measuring our faith according to what we're called to do. Yep. Not just what we're called to think. That's right. About and that's pontificate right. and write papers on and all those things, which are good. I like, feel like you're calling. I feel attacked. <laughs> I write and go to seminary for and preach and, on in the and, pulpit and tell people like, about. That's those things are necessary and those things yeah. are good, but your pastor is wasting his breath. If you, the, the sheep of his, of the flock are not going out and doing it. Yeah, that's good. And I'm preaching to myself. with (laughs) Um, last thing that I want to say, and I don't know if you have anything to add to this, but, um, look at the things that are in your surrounding area, the things that are in your sphere of influence, look and pray and ask God what around here breaks your heart. Mm -hmm. Because we know that there are things that break God's heart, abuse and neglect and hunger and strife and Mm -hmm. pain and bitterness and, and just pray like, okay, Lord, Break my heart for the things that break your heart. Yeah. Not in a way that I can just be sad, but break my heart in a way that allows me to move into action. Mm -hmm. Because if if God puts a burden on your heart for a people group, for um, a person, for a situation, Mm -hmm. a cause, a cause, then God's going to equip you to move in that area. Yeah. And so I would say pray and see what God has to say to you in that that situation. Excellent. That is, yeah, that's good. Thank you. All right. Well, this has been the Mm -hmm. Nick Smith Podcast. Podcast. We hope you've gotten a dose of real life. No myth. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Nick Smith Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us, and we hope that you'll consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. And if you haven't already, follow us on social media. If you want to be a part of our family's mission to entertain, educate, and empower others, please consider becoming one of our Patreon supporters. Exclusive Nick Smith merchandise is available to you through our online store at www.nicksmithpodcast.com.